Okay, we're going to talk about the Great Commission tonight. So the last month, we spent a couple weeks on, number one, the mission of the Son of God, Son of Man, Jesus Christ. We, we spent a couple weeks on his mission. And his mission was, was to birth a church, save us from our sins, redeem us from our sins, all of this, right? Then we spent a couple weeks on the works of the cross, what happened at the cross, how the blood was applied not only here on earth, but it was applied in heaven at the holy place in heaven. That's found in Hebrews chapter number 9. So we spent about a month, about four weeks, discussing all that. Tonight I want to talk about we're leaving, we're, we're, we're leaving the cross, the crucifixion, and the resurrection has already taken place, and we're getting, there's a time frame there of 40 days. And in these 40 days, the Lord is going to set up and prepare the disciples for the day of Pentecost. All right? So he, was, he, he rose from the dead, and he was on earth 40 days. After that, he ascended, and they went back to Jerusalem to the upper room and waited for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to fall. And that was 10 days. Okay? Do you, does anybody know what the word Pentecost means? It means what? 50. The word Pentecost means 50th. 50. So 40 days plus 10 days is 50. 50 days. Okay? So he's there. So isn't it amazing that the Lord has the day of Pentecost happen exactly 50 days after the resurrection so we're going to we're going to talk about that this tonight the great commission okay so your, your chart is there there's a couple verses in your chart uh we're going to start with acts chapter number one acts chapter number one <clears throat> now acts is preceded uh, preceded by four books they're called what the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Correct? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are also known as the synoptic gospels. How about that for a fancy word? The synoptic gospels. That means that they are very similar to what they have in them. John is not a synoptic gospel. Because John deals a lot more with the deity of Christ and the, and, the, the, and the God part of Christ than he does with, as the other Gospels do, with uh, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders, and the things that happened on earth. Okay, you can read any Gospel. Like if you want to read Matthew, and then from there you can jump right over to the book of Acts. So at the end of Matthew, you can go to Acts. At the end of Mark, you could read Mark and go right to Acts. Same thing with Luke, same thing with John. All right? So we're going to talk about the ends of the Gospels tonight. Okay, infallible proofs, Acts chapter 1, verse 3. 
says this, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The New Living Translation says it like this, During the forty days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. On these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. So Jesus is here, and he is talking to them about what's coming next. He's talking about the kingdom of God that's coming. Okay? It's going to change. It's going to change because, see, they're used to the priest going into the the temple and offering up the sacrifices and the offerings and the oblations. That's a big, nice word, oblations. Offering up all of that for them. When now, in just a few days, they are going to be exposed directly to the presence of the Lord. All right? Let's go on. Also, infallible proofs was in John chapter 20. And I have here verses 19 and 20. I added one to that for you. This is in King James. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 20. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. So this one gospel says that he walked through, didn't use the door. He just walked through the wall, and here I am. Now, some of us would probably soil our britches if we were together in a room and suddenly somebody just walked through the wall. I'd like to do that, you know. I'd like to be the one walking through the wall saying, Hey, hello, how you doing? And notice that they said <laughs> they were glad when they saw it was the Lord. So they were very relieved about that. So infallible proofs, he shows himself to them and then begins to talk about the kingdom. So we go down here to the last command of Jesus' ministry. This is also what's known as and called the Great Commission. You can find it in each one of the Gospels, or I'm sorry, you can find it in the three Gospels. Remember, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you'll find it in the book of Acts at the beginning of the book of Acts. So let's take a look at this. Luke chapter 24, verse 45 through 49. Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Guess what? If you don't understand the scriptures... Pray for understanding. Okay? If you don't understand what the Bible's saying, pray for understanding. That seems pretty simple, doesn't it? Right? If you want butter on your toast, and there's no butter on your toast, and you're sitting at a restaurant, or you're sitting at a table, and there's butter on the table, what do you do? You ask for it. Use your words, right? Can somebody give me the butter? So, so if you want to understand the scriptures, 
ask God to help you understand them. I've done this and it helps. It really works. The Lord will help you to understand. He wants you to understand. Okay? So, he said unto them, verse 46, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Now watch. Do you remember the elements of the gospel, right? The elements are the death, burial, and resurrection. Correct? Come on, did you, you guys, this was Doctrine 101, Gospel 101. Verse 47, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The death is the repentance. Right? Remission of sins comes through what? Baptism. Yes, so Jesus is reiterating the gospel to them. Verse 48, And you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be, be endued with power from on high. What did, you, what did we just find in that? We found death, burial, resurrection. We found repentance, water baptism, Holy Spirit. Put in the, on the margin out there on your paper, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. There it is. Also, you can put out there John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what do we have here? Jesus is pulling in 1 Corinthians 15. He's pulling in John chapter 3. He's getting ready. So he's telling them there's something else that's coming. You're going to repent. Remit, repentance and remission of sins will be preached in his name. Whose name? Christ's name. How do you get that? Well, we get that. So that's it. Look, so that's in verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Whose name? Go back up to 46. And he's and said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and Christ to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in Christ's name his name among all nations beginning in Jerusalem so you want to know where the first church started it's in Jerusalem the, the first church started in Jerusalem it didn't start from a camp meeting out in western Ohio and, or eastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania or southern northern Kentucky. It didn't start from a convocation in Rome. It started in Jerusalem. This church here is the oldest church in the world. It didn't happen in Germany with good old brother Martin Luther. It didn't happen with him. I saw today Ginger posted the death certificate of my fourth great-grandfather. How about that? And he helped build the Lutheran Church in Somerset, Pennsylvania. In fact, he was one of the settlers of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, which is south of Pittsburgh. How about that? 
Now you know. In case you didn't know, in case you were wondering about Abraham Berg, my fourth great-grandfather, there you got all the information you need. I didn't even know it existed until today. The early church preached repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit. Death, burial, resurrection. Water and spirit. So you're sitting in a church tonight, really, that we say we take our roots and our beginnings from Jerusalem. Because this church preaches repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit. It preaches water and spirit. Amen. Is that good? All right, that's good. So that is the last command of Jesus according to Luke. So you can say that is the great commission, the great command according to Brother Luke. So let's see what Brother Mark has for us. Brother Mark. Okay. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 is where we're going with this. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Okay. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What are you going to preach to them? The gospel. If you don't know what to say to somebody and you're trying to what we call witness to them, tell them about the gospel. Guess what Jesus has for you? He's got, he's got remission of sins for you so you can get rid of all the trash in your life so you don't have to feel nasty and dirty and you can feel free. And he has his spirit to baptize you with, to raise you up and give you a brand new life. Preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, this tells me something here. I don't know if you've ever ran into somebody that believes this or not, but some people believe that water baptism is also the same as the birth water when you're inside of your mother's womb. Anybody ever came across anybody that says that? Believes that? You never, nobody ever ran across? Really? All those people just come across my life. Okay. Well, I'm glad I could take one for the team, the whole team here. I'm glad I take them, you know? Hey, listen. So I get the Holy Ghost. I'm 15 years old. I'm on fire for God. And the first person I decide that I need to witness to is my neighbor. And he's Jehovah's Witness. Do you know how tough they are? They are tough. Wow. Hey, to this day, I still haven't won him. Okay? I'm just telling you. He was tough. But some people say that you don't have to get baptized like at a church or a river or anything like that because you were the, that's talking about the birth water. Well, if that was talking about the birth water, Jesus would have never mentioned it again in John chapter 3 when he was talking to Nicodemus. He would have told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, because Nicodemus asked him, he said, can a mother, can a, can a, a child enter, the, enter his mother's womb again? Jesus said, no, it's water and spirit. It's baptism. And so baptism is to, for the remission of sins, what we get from the scriptures, and it is also a public confession. To all of those that see somebody getting baptized, 
that they're making a commitment for the Lord. Now, it doesn't matter if you're baptized in a, in a pool, in a hot tub, in a river, in a lake. Does that matter? In the ocean? Does it matter? No. No. They got, they got baptized by the side of the road in Acts chapter 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch. They were baptized on the day of Pentecost. They uncovered um, just on the, what would that be? Was it the west side of Jerusalem, the baptismal pools, where they believed that they baptized the 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost? You know how long it took them to baptize 3,000 people? It took a while. It took a, that's a long day. Okay? So they're getting baptized everywhere. Okay. Now, then he says in verse 17, there are signs, and these signs follow believers. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Now, this is Jesus talking here. This is red letter. If, if I did this in color with the red letters, this would be Jesus talking here in Mark 16, 17. So he said there are going to be signs that follow the believer. Number one, they're going to cast out devils. What does that tell me? You have authority over devils when you come into the kingdom of God. You have authority over darkness in your life. You don't have to live in darkness once you come into the kingdom if you don't want to. Okay? Or as Brother Taylor would say, I don't want it. Okay? Taylor, my grandson from Louisiana, that's how he says, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't, I, don't, I want to. He said that one day and I about fell out of my skin. I hadn't heard that in years. I mean, that's how they talk down there. I don't want it. So if you don't want to live in darkness, you don't have to live in darkness. You don't want to. You can live in light. You can get rid of your darkness. And guess what? Darkness takes some time to get out of our system. Okay? Darkness takes time to get out of our system. Sometimes there's, there's different layers of darkness. Oh, did you know that? There's different layers of darkness in our lives, and we're like onions, and God just keeps peeling the layer off one at a time. You know? You ever met somebody that lies so much they believe everything they say? They lie so much that finally they don't even remember what they lied about, and then they get caught in the lie because they don't remember where it started all, where it started where it went. What's happening? So you got to get that lying out of there, get that stealing out of there. So he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. You'll cast out devils in my name, and they'll speak with new tongues. Okay? How do you know when you receive the Holy Ghost? We're going to do a Bible study on that. We're going to do a lesson on that. There's a universal sign. Now somebody said, well, when I, when I asked the Lord to forgive me, his spirit came into me because I felt good all over. Oh, man. You can take certain kinds of medicine and feel good all over legal or illegal you can feel good all over yeah you know you come in from a hard day's work what's the, and it's hot out and it's a hundred degrees and you've been sweating all day and you take a nice cool shower you feel refreshed there's a sign there's a universal sign of receiving the Holy Ghost and that is they'll speak with new tongues Jesus said that they'll speak in tongues Okay? So, I mean, 
And people who don't agree with that, talk to Jesus. Then this last verse, 18, this is very interesting. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, I am not into taking up serpents. Okay? This is where the Lord and I part ways. What I'm believing it's saying here is the cunningness and the craftiness of the serpent. The Lord is going to help you overcome the subtlety of the enemy in your life. He's going to help you overcome those things that come against you, those things that strike against you, those things that attack you. The serpents, the scorpions, the things in your life that cause pain, you're going to overcome them. Because then the last one says, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall not, or they shall recover. Also, if you drink any deadly thing, I'm not going to go out here and I'm not going to get a bunch of poison and we're going to pass it around. You know, I don't mix Kool-Aid. Okay? We don't do that either. But the Lord will give us divine protection. Okay? That makes sense? Does that help you? So I'm not snake handling around here. And don't, anybody that says that, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. One Sunday morning, I was pulling in at the top of the hill up here. And Brother Dennis Habenstreit was already here. And he was down here under the carport. And I saw that big old 12-foot leg of his go like this. And the next thing I saw, I saw, a, I saw a stick flying through the air. I'm like, what in the world? So when I got here, I said, hey, what was you doing? He said there was a blue racer snake out here. I said, did you kick it? He said, yeah, it came after me. I did. He said, I just kicked it. Listen, he ain't afraid of snakes. So... If you need snake removal, Dennis Havenstrike, 618-29. I'll give you his number later. All right? But, yeah, he just kicked that thing, just kicked it. I mean, it just went flying. I said, oh, my Lord. Okay. All right. So guess what? Spiritually, we can do that to the devil. Kick him out of your life. Get the devil out of your life. You know, he's trespassing now. You're God's property. We're God's property now. Don't let the devil trespass. Okay, so now we see that, that Luke deals with the spiritual aspect of the, of the Great Commission. He said, repentance and remission of sins. Preached in Christ's name beginning at Jerusalem. Right? Then he says, then he says, and then the promise of the Father. There's the Spirit. Mark is dealing with supernatural signs. Casting out demons in my name. Speaking with new tongues taking up serpents, drinking deadly things, praying for the sick and they shall recover. So Mark is dealing with signs here in the Great Commission. All right, let's move on. We're going to Matthew, the book of Matthew here. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. <clears throat> Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven heaven and in earth so Jesus is saying all power I got it boys I have all authority all authority rests right here okay that's what he's saying next verse go I want you to go 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So he said, I want you to go, therefore, I have all authority, and now I'm sending you. So I want you to realize something. When you are walking in your community, when you're walking at your job, when you're walking into Walmart, when you're walking into Dollar Tree, you are walking in the authority of the Lord. Now, I know a lot of times we don't feel like we're walking in the authority of the Lord. We're just lucky and feeling happy that we're still alive and the devil's not beating us up. But if we could get a hold of what the command says, the Great Commission, that you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover, that you're going to speak in tongues, that you're going to cast out devils in my name, that all authority, every, so let's go there. All authority, what authority? Everything that God is, is now in you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me with this. Because it's a sea of silence. All the authority of God is in you. All right, this is not a trick question. How many of you fight battles? All right, I tell you, we're getting better. I've asked that before and not very many. One time, you know I asked, how many, how many mothers have kids in here? Three, raise their hands. Three. Well, so we're getting to, listen, all of us fight battles. And, and you're tough enough that when you fight a battle, you usually, do you call me? How many of you call me when you're fighting a battle? Not very many of you. In fact, I say, oh, no hands. You know why? Because you are using the power that's in you. The Lord gave you the same power that he gave me. Kevin, he gave you the same power. He gave us all the same power because it's his power. He gave us his power to overcome. So you, when you're out there, we're, we're an army of believers. We're an army that's marching. We're an army that's marching in the community. We're light and we're salt. You know, you, you only put a little bit of salt on your food, right? I mean, how, how many of you want to just take the lid off and just pour the salt shaker on your food? How much of that are you going to eat? Oh, no, Frank just re got the revelation on that. That's, whew, that'll kill you. That'll kill you. What are you saying? I'm saying salt, a little dab will do you. So, but we are salt, we are the salt of the earth. That's what Jesus said. We're the salt of the earth walking around in his power in a world of darkness and men and women are trying to find their way. And you know what? You really do have power. I know the devil's been fighting you. I know the devil's trying to put fear in your life. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Did you get that? False evidence appearing real. The devil wants to paint this scheme 
in your mind that everything's coming down, you're not going to make it, this is going to be bad, this all, and you know what? 95% of that never happens. But the devil lies to us. He lies to us and tells us it's all going to happen, and then we get fearful. Guess what? Fear cancels out faith. So what I'm trying to tell you tonight is you have the power of God in your life. You have the authority of Jesus in your life. I, uh, and, and this is not blasphemous. You are a little Jesus walking on the earth. We just wish you'd understand and realize that. Hey, I can remember in my early years after I got the Holy Ghost, we lived on a farm. We were, we were drilling oats. You know what that means? We were drilling oats. We had this long field. This field was probably three-quarters of a mile long. And, and we were trying to get it in before this storm came. And you could see the storm coming. I mean, yes, hallelujah. It was just coming like that, yes. Raindrops began to fall, big raindrops. Now they're gone. And we saw, I saw this storm coming. Now I got the great job, I got the great job to ride on the back of the drill. Yeah, it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't all fancy like it is now. You had this old wood platform across the whole back, and you're the one that got to check the fertilizer box. You got to check the drill box. You got to make sure there's oats in it. And you know how dusty it is back there? It's bad. Brother Clark knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And here comes this storm, and we're trying to get it in because the storms are coming in for several days, and we're only about halfway done. And I'm just a new kid in Christ. How about that? I'm K-I-C, kid in Christ. I'm a new kid in Christ. And the only thing I knew to do was this. I looked at that storm. I'm, I'm, the dust clouds are rolling. You know, I look like, a, uh, I, look like I got a good old tan. And I mean, you, you, if you don't keep your mouth shut, it's going to get gritty on your teeth. All right? In fact, yesterday I was cleaning out my gutters up on my roof, and I don't like heights, and I'm up there with the blower cleaning my gutters, and I had my mouth open. I must have been stressed. I know I was stressed because I didn't like heights, and about that time a bug flew right in my mouth. Not did He didn't even land on my teeth. He went right straight down my throat. Hallelujah. So you know what you do? Swallow them on down. Hallelujah. Hope you enjoy the acids down there. All right. So I just looked at this storm and I said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you and I command you to hold off until we get this field of oats sown in Jesus' name by the word of God. You know what? We got the oats sown. And the last, when we got back from the last run, we were pulling out of the field and I mean it came. It was a downpour. We got a noise for a downpour. Hey, you know what? I held up a storm. I wasn't a preacher then. I was just a believing kid, 15 or 16 years old. I was preaching a revival several years later in Louisiana. 
I always ended up in Louisiana preaching in August. You know what that is? That's hurricane season. I was down there 30 minutes from the Gulf, 30 minutes from off the Gulf, near Avery Island, New Iberia, Louisiana. And we're trying to have a revival and trying to have a move of God, and this hurricane's coming in, coming in the Gulf. It's coming in. I mean, it's barreling down right for us. So what did we do one night? We stood up, and in the name of Jesus, we rebuked that hurricane and command that hurricane to stay off the coast until we finish this revival. Do you know what? For four days, that hurricane danced all around the Gulf of Mexico. We got done with the revival. I left and went back to Houston. And lo and behold, the day after I left, what happened? The hurricane came on the shore. You can do that. Do you believe it or not? He said, well, the Son of Man... When he comes to earth, will he find faith on the earth? Guess what, brothers and sisters? We have that authority. Jesus said, all authority, all power is given to me. Okay, go and teach. Go and baptize. Isn't that what he said? Go and teach, go and baptize. Verse 20 of Matthew 28. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the world. He's always with us. God is always with us. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you're by yourself. God's always with you. All right, let's go on. Now, we're going to go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, 4. 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. This is Jesus here. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Now, Jesus is talking about the spiritual kingdom. They're talking about the political national kingdom of Israel. They're wanting to get rid of the Romans. Get the Romans out of here. Send Cyrus. Send Donald Trump. Send Cyrus. No, 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 no. He says, don't worry about that. That's, don't worry about that. He said, watch, verse 8. But you shall, re you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He said, don't worry about what's happening on the national level in the natural. I want you to worry about this. You're going to get power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. You're going to get power. You're going to get power to turn around hurricanes. You're going to get power to stop rainstorms. You're going to get power to pray for a broken arm and the bone is sticking up out of the forearm of a 10-year-old kid in Africa, and you're going to pray in Jesus' name, and you're going to watch that bone go right back inside that skin, healed right there on the spot. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Okay, now let's go to Mount Olive. So up on top, upper right here, the ascension, the ascension here. Luke 24, 50. Now, this is picking up from Luke where we left off. And he said to them, out, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, which is about four miles from Jerusalem. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. 
And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So Jesus is ascending up into heaven here. Acts chapter 1 verse 9. This is what we just left here a minute ago after he said, You shall receive power. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said, also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So this is the ascension. He is leaving. What's the last words he says? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you. Okay? So that's the ascension. So then what happens is the disciples go back to Jerusalem. Isn't that where he said to go? He said go back to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So let's look at that. Luke 24 verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. And then Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. And then, then we're done. We're closing. How about that? You got time to go to Dairy Queen. If it was open. Ah! Sorry about your luck. Ah! Okay. That's all right. You can pick you up a Wendy's Junior Frosty vanilla with chocolate chips. You can tell I've tasted those before. Okay. They make you look like a bowling pin. Glory. You guys don't understand. Pastors have to have thick skin. And you out there on the internet, you know who I'm talking to right now. Oh, yes. Good old brother. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. Now, the Pharisees have set up a Sabbath day's journey, which was about 2,000 cubits, or about a half a mile. So they couldn't really go very far according to that. But they go from, from the ascension and Mount of Olives back to Jerusalem. And when they were come in, the up, they went up into an upper room, which is the second floor of a building, where abode both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the, son, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about a hundred and twenty. So there you go. That's how we get that there were a hundred and twenty in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. So all the disciples were there, minus Judas Iscariot. He done, did his deal, hung himself. They got a replacement, a disciple by the name of Matthias. Okay, they replaced Judas, so there was 12 disciples there. There was Jesus' half-brothers. 
okay? He had several half-brothers. And also Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there with the women. So on the day of Pentecost, Mary, the mother of Jesus, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. So that is a summary of the Great Commission, how we had the cross, we had the crucifixion, and now we are moving into where the church is about to be born. Okay? Any questions? Any questions? I've tried to cover this to the best of my human abilities. And it's only 8. I mean, what time is it? 8.17. I mean... Any questions? None? Okay. Let's all stand. Those papers are yours to take home because we're done with this lesson. That was nice. No two parts. So can you see that Jesus is now establishing and setting up that it's going to be different? Like I said before, they were used to a priest. They were used to a, a priest and a and, uh, doing the sacrifices and the ministry. The Levites were doing the ministry and doing the sacrifices and offerings. But now Jesus is setting up where the kingdom of heaven is coming into them. Okay? The kingdom of heaven is coming into them. The veil in the temple when Jesus was crucified did what? You remember? It was torn in two from the top to the bottom, exposing the glory of God to everyday man, us. I was with Kevin the other day, and I said, Kevin, what would you, do you want something to eat? And he, I said, yeah, he said, I'll, I'll get something. I said, what do you want to eat? He said, I'll eat anything. I'm a Gentile. I said, praise the Lord. I believe I am too, so we eat whatever we want. Amen. So there we go. So we ate Subway. Gentiles eat Subway. Yes. And so now the kingdom is going to become personal. That's, so that's what the kingdom is. It's not, you know, people come in and they join a church. You know, they bring them up the front and they have the church vote on them whether they can be members or not. That would be intimidating. My Lord, what, how would you feel if you got voted down? You're standing there and looking at all the people, and they say, okay, we're going to, we want to vote on what, if Tracy Zimmerman can become a member of this church. How about you going to watch the people? I know Margo would probably vote against me. I know she probably would. You know? But no, you are born into the kingdom. That's what's awesome. You're born into the kingdom. Now there's a family relationship where we walk with the Lord daily. Amen. Amen. Brother John, come on up here and you can dismiss us tonight in prayer. So thank you for coming. Stay strong. Remember, we got food pantry set up 530 Friday. We got food pantry 8 o'clock Saturday. Ladies are going to have a luncheon Sunday. We're having kids ministry Sunday during the preaching. All right. Amen. Ready for an encore? Yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for a place of worship. We thank you for a house that we can come together with the children of God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray your will to be done in each family represented here. Help Brother Art and the members, God, of this congregation who, who, may, uh, who may really need help and strength. Encourage them, O oh God. Help us to reach our community. Bless our ministries that this church 
uh, manifest, our food pantry, our preschool, God, and other ministries. I pray that you would bless us. Bless our efforts, oh God, to reach this community and bring souls into this house. God, I pray that you would begin to create a hungering in this community for people to want more of you and that you would lead them into this church. Bless us today. Let your will be done in this nation. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.